Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Alex Brookman about how we can create a sustainable and truly purpose-driven, successful business. Alex Brookman, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you very much for having me, John. Excited to be here. Yeah, it is a pleasure. I'm super excited to have a conversation with you today. Um, we are going to be chatting about how we can create a sustainable and truly purpose-driven organization. That's something that I have a lot of passion around. I spend a lot of time and attention and energy uh, in this space, and I know you do as well. So I think it'll be a, just a fun dialogue. As we get started, I wanted to share Alex's bio with everybody. Alex Brookman is an entrepreneur, author, executive coach, and board advisor. He built, scaled, and ex- exited companies in Europe and Canada and led client projects across the world. His areas of expertise are strategy development, leadership development, and entrepreneurship. His passion lies in helping clients build profitable businesses rooted in purpose. Based in Vancouver, Canada, Alex speaks on the topics of intentional strategy and entrepreneurship. In his upcoming book, he presents a new framework called the nine elements of organizational identity, which helps people build better businesses. Alex is a storyteller with an academic background in general management with degrees from EBS University in Germany and Universidad ORT in Uruguay, as well as certificates from INSEAD in France and Harvard Business School in the US. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining me. It's a pleasure. You have a great background. Before we launch on into the conversation, anything else about yourself that you would like to share with listeners by way of you know, background, personal context? I think the most important thing about me is um, that I have a 19-month-old son right now, um, which is totally dominating my life. Um, And I never really thought about it that way. But honestly, when he um, entered this world, things completely changed in the way that I looked at businesses and I looked at my own business. So when I talk about purpose-driven businesses and building more freedom and, and a more fulfilling business... It's actually something that I've been going through um, the past 18 months myself, which is really interesting because it totally coincides with the COVID-19 pandemic. Time-wise, it's exactly the same framework, Um, but it wasn't triggered by the pandemic. It was triggered by my son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, children definitely bring things into focus, don't they? Um, They they help us prioritize and figure out what matters to us and why you know finding our why that's really what purpose um a purpose-driven career what a purpose-driven organization is all about and so all i can say to that is amen um (laughs) i I feel much much the same way uh about my children and the direction that i felt in life just because of 
of the work that I do at home uh, with kids. And uh, with so six that, kids, you certainly know way better than, <laughs> than I do what that means. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's people, most people think I'm crazy uh, for having six children, but I, I joke, you know, my wife and I are both from large families and in comparison to our generation, like, you know, I, I come from a family of eight kids. My wife came from a family of 11 kids. So we're slackers in comparison. You're downsizing already. <laughs> so people think we're nuts for six, but I'm like, you got to remember from which we came. <laughs> in comparison, we're, we're, we're uh, keeping it small, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Well, wonderful. Um, so let's launch on in and let's start about, start with this kind of framing around balancing purpose and profit. Uh, doing well while also doing good. Uh, I think, you know, many organiz organizations exist to add value in the marketplace. They, they exist to make a profit. Um, but it's not like we have to choose either profit or purpose. Either we, we, uh, we have a, a strong bottom line or we invest in our people, for example. Like these are false dichotomies. It doesn't have to be either or. Uh, so how do we go about balancing that, though, so that we can still bring value to the marketplace? We can still be an incredible organization uh, with amazing, loyal customers, but also focus on meaning, purpose, fulfillment. I think what we need to understand to answer this question is where the where the economy is going, where the markets are going, where capital markets are going, and um how the the paradigm of shareholder value like this 70s 80s paradigm where it has been going over the last years and we clearly see that um, no matter how big your organization is if you are purely focused on delivering value to your shareholders you are up for trouble and this is not something that has some weird green or left-wing connotation to it it simply means if we take a look at the probably least socialist entity on this planet wall street if we take a look at what's happening there um, and also take a look at the stock markets and at how people large corporate investors where they allocate their funds and money they choose companies that have overcome the shareholder value thinking and have developed into a stakeholder conscious capitalism direction they prioritize investing in those over purely shareholder oriented companies why is that because they realize that they do better it's as simple <laughs> as that so, yeah, they, so... Don't, they don't do it out of altruistic motives they see that those companies just have higher returns on investment. They do better financially. Yeah, well, and that's, that is really an important point. So when we make the business case for purpose-driven organizations, the, the research is clear. Like they, on, in the aggregate, they do better. Um, yes, and do. so the bottom line is stronger when we have purpose-driven people, pur purpose-driven teams, purpose-driven organizations. Um, like you say, I, I wish there was, you know, when we look at the human case, I, I wish there was a little bit more of an altruistic motive. <laughs> and I, you know, I, you know, I, I look at just like treat people like human beings and yes. the innate value of, of the individual, like all of that is well and good, but the reality is in the economy, you know, uh, profit is king. And so it, but 
but the bottom line is, again, it's not like an either or. And so we can do both. And in fact, the one drives the other. When we have purpose-driven work, it drives better stuff. It, it drives more innovation. It drives uh, uh, higher customer loyalty, commitment, and retention. Uh, it, just, it, it just makes sense. And so you're right. I think uh, even, even those who are really like in their day-to-day, everything that they do in their job is all about uh, market value and trying to figure out where to invest, their, their, their money is going in the places that are more purpose-driven. Uh, and so let's not forget that. It, and we don't have to feel like we're just sacrificing or being like focusing on the warm, fuzzy stuff, quote unquote, um, to the detriment of you know, the numbers, the hard, the hard uh, metrics of the What we really need to focus on is a topic called ESG, environmental, social, and corporate governance. Mm. those those terms have become um for me personally when i take a look around this has become the hottest shit out there esg is the thing if you are now like at the end of your corporate career uh, sorry at the end of your university career or thinking about changing your career or just entering um in a new in a new area of your life and be like hmm what do i want to do with my life I strongly recommend you take a look at that. First of all, it's a lot of fun because it touches some of the most important elements of our lives today, meaning climate protection to save this planet from going down the drain and destroying our, the, the, the fundament of our lives. The second one, the S in ESG, it's about your social responsibility. How do you treat people? How do you treat the people in your supply chain, up and down the supply chain? How do you treat your customers, your clients, and even as, as important as, as anything else, how do you treat your own employees? And if you take a look at those questions, there are so many companies out there that urgently search and look for people who know about this space, who understand ESG. There is just not enough supply and it's just exploding right now. So... It's, a, it's an exciting career opportunity. That's what I'm saying. Talking about ESG, when, when I take a look at it, I see a huge difference between how North America is talking about ESG and where, for, how, for example, Europe is talking about ESG. In North America, those topics reflect, so ESG reflect a, an organization's collective focus on environmental, social, and corporate governance topics. And it's kind of, in the end, a score or a percentage or however you want to call it that those companies report to capital markets, to investors. So it's still kind of a, a risk reduction element, if you know what I mean, rather than an element that they market in a, in a way so that people see how they are contributing to the good of this world. Whereas in Europe, ESG has become more than just numbers that you report. It has become a synonym for sustainability as such. And again, I'm not talking about some weird green um, environmental protection stuff here. I'm, I'm really talking about understanding sustainability in the best possible way. And that includes environmental aspects. It includes social aspects and it includes 
how you govern your own corporation for the long-term success. That's what this is all about. And I believe there is so yeah. much value in it when companies understand the power of purpose. And I mean, I, I don't think we have to make a case for that. People that have still not understood that purpose-driven companies make more money, they kind of were asleep over the past 10 years, I guess. <laughs> I, I think so. It, it still persists. There's still plenty of them. Oh, yeah. uh, and it, 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 it blows my mind anytime I hear someone who just seems so obtuse. and just <laughs> like John, honestly, those are the dinosaurs. And they, we know what happens to dinosaurs. They will just die out over time. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're absolutely right. And and the way this has been framed has changed over time. You know, corporate social responsibility, triple bottom line, uh, uh stakeholder value, ESG, um all of these are great concepts and principles. Ultimately, it it just fundamentally comes back to shifting the way we frame our organization and, and the value proposition of our organization and to recognize that we owe it to ourselves, to our people, to our customers, to the planet, uh, to everyone, to all stakeholders. We owe it to them to drive uh, positive outcomes uh, for all stakeholders. And so that comes back to, I, I guess, maybe the core question. We've talked about like the why behind this. We've talked a little bit about the ins and outs of, of what it means. How do we do this? How do we create a truly purpose-driven and successful organization? It's a, hard, it's a hard question. <laughs> depending on the size of your organization, I would say it, it's, it's sometimes easier if you're a small company. It's sometimes more difficult if you're a larger organization. Let's start with talking about smaller organizations. Um, and I'm not talking about a solopreneur. Um, I'm really talking about a company that is kind of small to midsize, has, I don't know, 22, I don't know, 500 employees, something like that. It's still fairly simple because... It's manageable. You know every single individual in this organization. Everyone knows each other. You know how to address the people. You know them personally. Um, and purpose is something truly personal. So when, when we talk about purpose, we need to first understand what does this term mean? What is purpose? And I define it as purpose is understanding what you as an organization have to address a unique issue out there in the world what is it that puts you in the perfect spot to address that issue and um, this can be something completely different than your business as such i like to use the example of patagonia the apparel company um, they they produce apparel right clothes and and gear for backpackers for example their purpose is totally environmental protection. They've pledged years ago 1% of their sales to environmental protection campaigns, but they go way beyond that. They also link activists, people who want to get involved to um, environmental protection campaigns that they believe in and support. Yeah, so they've they, been doing this for decades. Yes, they've, they've put their money where their mouth is and have become a true um, shining light for purpose-driven for-profit company. Now, coming back to a smaller company example, we first need to understand what the issue out there is in the world that we'd like to address. Then we need to be clear on why we want to do this 
And the people in our organization need to understand that. So we need to help them understand it. And it's not that this becomes their purpose. We need to distinguish between corporate purpose and individual purpose. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. The magic happens when people understand corporate purpose and see how it aligns to their individual purpose. So taking this example of environmental protection, it's something that I'm truly passionate about myself. So let's assume I worked at Patagonia. This, um, this purpose, this corporate purpose, would probably have attracted me to work for them in the first place because it resonates so much with, with my own purpose. But this is a purpose that has been around for a long time. So it, they can use it to attract the right talent, for example. If you are a smaller company, again, and you are just about to understand and discover your purpose, this is a true, it needs to be a true dialogue between the co com company leaders and between management and between everyone else in the organization. Um, and it's not something that needs to be overly complicated or takes a lot of time. It just needs some candid conversations around what do we want to do with the power that we have in this marketplace? Do we want to use it for good or do we just want to use it to make money? We still will make money, but while doing good, uh, sorry, while doing well, we should also strive to do good. And um, the the examples are plenty, what you could do. Um, and purpose does not only mean environmental protection or anything else in that direction. It simply means purpose needs to be something more than just making money. It needs to be something grand and idealistic. And if your purpose is to support kids in the community, in the community where you live, then, then this could be your purpose. And you could sponsor youth sports teams or God knows what. There is so much that you can do. And it really needs to resonate with the people that work for you. Then it becomes truly powerful because it rallies them around this common purpose and it, it makes them go the extra mile, not because you tell them to, but because they want to, because they see how what they do contributes to something greater than just making money. Yeah, and, and this, I mean, this is something that applies 
to everyone. I mean, there's so much research on this. I've done a good amount of research on this myself, that meaning, purpose, fulfillment, doing things that you perceive matter in the world, that you're making the world a better place. It's, it's a, a strong intrinsic motivator uh, that's among the, the strongest motivators uh, leading to efficiency, effectiveness, productivity, uh, innovation, and just overall engagement, satisfaction uh, for employees in the workplace. Um, it, but it's particularly important for younger uh, generation oh, yeah. of employees. So mille- younger millennials and Gen Z workers, they they not only like it when they have a meaning and purpose in the work that they do, they expect it. They demand it. Uh, Google, they only want to work. The CEO just yesterday um, said publicly that above all, what matters to this to these generations that you just mentioned, John, is environmental protection. It it's it matters most to them. It's more important to them than their own career path, and God knows what. So I, I totally agree with you. This is a game changer for many things. Those yeah. generations coming into the marketplace. So yeah. So I mean, organizations and investors looking at well, okay, bottom line outcomes, purpose driven organizations have better on in aggregate better bottom line outcomes. So yeah, we're going to put our money there. On the other hand, organizational leaders can look at, okay, how do we attract and retain the best talent? You know what? If you're going to be bringing in uh, young, younger generations of millennial and Gen Z workers into your workforce and you want them to stay, you get them there in the first place and then get them to stick around, you better be invested in this stuff. You better have a, a, a grander um, meaning and purpose behind what you're doing. And you better uh, be proactive about helping in, individual employees recognize and understand how their values connect with the organization's values and that there's congruency there. If that's not there, uh, I'm sorry, but you're going to really struggle. You're going to struggle to have a a great workforce uh, and you're going to turn through people and nobody can afford to do that. It's happening already. It's happening already. Mm -hmm. Um, So here in Canada, the government during the COVID-19 pandemic um, released a lot of money and poured it into private households, basically a COVID relief fund that helped com- uh, that helped um, individuals get through the pandemic um, financially because they kind of lost their jobs. Now we're at the at the point, or we have been at a point for several months. We see that those funds will stop in September um, 2021, and months ago already, companies were struggling to find people because they were like, "I'm not going back to this shitty job." <laughs> I rather have less money, but I can live a life that is more fulfilling for me. I spend my money more consciously. I'm not consuming as as as, as crazy as I did before. Um, I allocate the funds more intentionally to what I really need, but it gives me so much more internal peace and freedom rather than spending eight to 10 or even more hours a day in a job that just sucks life out of me. And um Especially, especially that, that struggle with that business owners that don't find talent. And I yeah. always ask them, have you looked inside? Have yeah. you looked inside your company? Are the root causes maybe related to the work culture, the work environment you create? And this often leaves them like, oh my God, I knew it would come eventually. They know this stuff. <laughs> They know it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like we're the first ones to say this, are we? I mean, people have been talking about this for a long, long time. And I think the average leader, 
I think the average person would agree with what we're saying. And they'd say, yeah, this is important. And they probably even think they're doing it or trying to do it. But the reality is where the rubber meets the road, employees aren't experiencing it, right? They're not, yeah. they're not seeing it. And so good intentions don't actually matter if it doesn't produce you know, good policies, practices, procedures, behaviors within the organization and a positive, healthy, psychologically safe engaged culture. You said culture. something really, really important, John. How do you translate purpose into your organization? How do you make it happen? How can people sense it, feel it, see it? Are you willing to put your money where your mouth is? Are you willing to walk away from clients that are not in line with your purpose, that consciously do things in a bad way, even if you confronted them? This is something that people need to see. You need to put your money where your mouth is and you need to be ready to be punished for what you stand for. And if people see that this is not the case, your purpose is not worth the piece of paper that is written on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so let's let's focus in on truly, like not just for banners, not just for like on the website, um, you know, what are our values? What's our main vision, mission, purpose? Um, and how do we connect that to what our people do each and every day? How do we communicate that to our people? And how do we demonstrate our values through what we do consistently every day in the organization? And how do we hold each other accountable uh, for living up to these values? And it has to go from the top all the way down. Um, you know, I, I see organizations often where there is, you know, like you go talk to the line workers, you, you talk to those who interface with the customers, you talk with middle managers, and they feel, you know, there may be a great sense of meaning and purpose in what they do. Um, but then there's this huge disconnect between them and like upper management, C-suite, executive level individuals. And, and the number of times I've heard people talk about, well, there's one set of rules and values for us, and there's another set of rules and values for them. That doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, the hypocrisy is so apparent and it just, it disengages and it frustrates and, and you're not going to keep your people. And so we can't afford to keep on leaders, even at the highest levels, even leaders who have great metrics and, uh, you know, various outcome measures. We can't afford to keep them on if they're undermining our values, if they're undermining what we're trying to accomplish because people notice people really notice and it will yes. impact their decisions. And this where it comes back to ESG, especially the G in it, the corporate governance piece. So what you described is the reality in many smaller companies, owner um, led companies where let's say the C-suite has kind of lost connection to the reality and live in their own bubble and feel like they can do whatever they want. Um, very often in owner-driven companies, this is not the case. This is also where we see exactly the opposite. But it's, it's, it's those companies that are small enough to not have a, corporate, a board of directors that helps them stay on track where you would find those cultural issues. And this is a cultural issue. If people are not living up to the same values, if um, there's one set of rules and values for one um, particular population in the organization and another one for another group, that's a true cultural issue. And boards of directors more and more understand their role in 
steering organizations into the right direction so that they address those cultural issues because they realized that they have direct impact on the bottom line. They have impact on morale. They have impact on the bottom line. So it's, it's boards of directors who increasingly embrace their responsibility in nudging CEOs and C-suite in general into the direction that they need to focus on this jelly topic of corporate culture. This is often a topic that corporate leaders just don't touch. It's mushy. It's hard to measure. It's, it's not in line with what they think their goals are, meaning yeah. pushing the next quarter, pushing the next quarter and the next quarter. But there are more and more people that lead in a more conscious way, also in C-suite, that understand that their job is first and foremost to establish a culture where success becomes possible. So they are enablers, they are architects rather than just doers. So when you have this kind of conscious leader in an organization that has the backing of the board of directors to address those corporate culture topics in a strategic way, this is where the magic happens. We have then a company that is clear on where they want to go strategically. What are our three to five year strategic plans? How should our company look like? And what does it need in order to get there? There, in, 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 Invariably, there is an element of corporate governance in there that helps us address corporate culture from a perspective um, where we need to ask ourselves, how does this culture that we have today help us achieve our strategic goals? And if we see that it does not really help us, but rather hinder, then we need to address this topic. And this is not something that HR should take care of. Some, um, Yeah, this is a mushy people topic. Let's, let's say HR. No, it's not. <laughs> this is something that is truly... And, and it's at the core of what a CEO needs to do, a corporate yeah. leader needs to do, um, a corporate a company owner needs to own. Because in the end, it is the environment, it's the soil on which you sow your strategy. And if the soil is poisoned, the best strategy can't grow and, and, and grow fruit. And yeah. the harvest will not work. It's just yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, well said, Alex. Well, Alex, I note the time. I, I really appreciate your generosity and the time you spent with me and my listeners today, but I want to be respectful of your time and allow you to get on with your busy day. But before we close today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, uh, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. The best way to reach out um, is via my website, alexthestrategist.com. Um, and it's really not a sales website, so don't worry. <laughs> you will find tons of free resources there, checklists, free toolkits, a whole library of articles that I write. Um, I, I, I'm really in it to help you guys get your head around the topic of purpose-driven strategy and understand it from a perspective that it, that it helps you grow your business, that it helps you make more informed decisions so enjoy the free resources and um, run with it. Apply them to your own world. I think there is no alternative to embracing ESG, to embracing purpose-driven businesses, doing well while doing good. Because in the end, we are only here for a certain 
period of time. We hand over this planet to our kids. We hand over a society to our kids. And if we are not conscious about it, we just run it into the ground. So if, if you really think beyond your own wallet, if you really want to make an impact, start with working and leading more consciously and, and, and from a purpose-driven perspective. I think this is the most and the best thing that we can do in order to hand over a better planet. Well said, Alex. I really appreciate all of your insights. I appreciate your focus, your attention and energy that you put towards this to help organizations. I encourage leaders to reach out to get connected with you and your team. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.